0: This past Friday and Saturday, more than four point three million people flew across the US. About a million more people than the same days last year. Two years into the pandemic, as vaccines have become widely available and the federal government has dropped mask mandates in airports and on planes, more and more people have become comfortable traveling again. But how has this pickup in travel affected hotels across the country? This is Deconstruct. I'm your host, Isabella Farr. And today, we're looking at how hotels in some markets have completely bounced back from the effects of the pandemic, and how others haven't. But to do that, well, first we have to understand what exactly happened to the hotel industry in March 2020.
1: March 2020, well, let's go before March. I mean, you know, we we were in the midst of a 10-year expansion.
0: That's Kevin Davis, the CEO of JLL's Hotel and Hospitality Division for the Americas. He actually spoke to me over Zoom while he was at the airport.
1: It was the longest expansion in the history of the industry. And so as we got into early 2020, the expectations for growth were fairly muted, but we were in a pretty strong place. Asset prices had run up pretty materially, uh, but REVPAR growth had had been flatlining. So once the pandemic hit in March, 2020, we, we certainly saw a significant decline in operating performance overnight. A number of hotels around the country suspended operations temporarily and went into asset management mode.
0: Essentially, that means owners were just trying to manage the value of the hotel rather than trying to operate the hotel. Mostly, owners and investors were just trying not to burn through operational expenses. They were also talking to their lenders to try and negotiate some of their debt and asking for forbearance.
1: And then as we got into the fall, um, particularly after the CARES Act was passed, um, the, the Fed had a pretty aggressive response, injecting liquidity into the economy. Uh, we started to see some stabilization, um, not normalization, but a bit of stabilization. And I'd say as into the fall of 2020, it, it felt like things maybe started to improve slightly.
0: Kevin, at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a lot of talk about how the U.S. might see this wave of hotel foreclosures. And we really didn't see that. Obviously, a few owners handed over keys to lenders. But why didn't we see this massive wave of foreclosures?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's several reasons why, why you didn't see it. I, I think the first is the, the monetary policy and fiscal policy slash congressional response to the pandemic it was pretty overwhelming in terms of their ability to inject liquidity into the system, the CARES Act was enacted shortly after the pandemic started. So you had PPP money that was available to owners to help tide them over. Look, I think there were a lot of lessons learned from the financial crisis, and so the the governmental authorities responded pretty quickly.
0: Well, Sarah, it's record size, it was with record speed that Congress passed this massive legislation. The Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, or CARES Act, provided 2 trillion dollars in funding for consumers and businesses. Part of the legislation was the Paycheck Protection Program, a loan program guaranteed by the Small Business Administration. Hotels that employed no more than 500 people were eligible for these loans, and hotels really took advantage of the program. 16 hotel businesses in California scored loans of between 5 and 10 million. In Manhattan, CIM Group's 391 Key The Dominic Hotel scored a loan for more than $5 million. However, a lot of hotels have come under fire for taking PPP loans. A local chapter of hospitality union Unite Here has filed complaints against Andre Balazs' famous Chateau Montmont Hotel in West Hollywood, alleging PPP funds were misused and never went to payroll. But Kevin says it was more than just economic aid that helped hotels.
1: I think number two, there was a political component uh, in the sense of the government was asking institutions to work with counterparties and not be aggressive in how they handled counterparties. And so I think there was likely a political issue if some of the large money center banks or investment banks would have foreclosed out borrowers. I just think that would have the headline risk would would have been something that the banks didn't want to deal with. And I, I think the last thing is, look, the banks recognize that had they foreclosed at that time and sold assets, they likely would not have gotten full value. So I think that was part of the reason. And then the last component, fairly selfishly, look, a lot of these assets were shut down and hotels have fixed costs. So for a lender to foreclose a hotel asset that is not operating, a lender is basically assuming the responsibility of covering the fixed costs, which is the last thing that a lender wants to do. So I think all those reasons contributed to um, the, the lack of a sort of immediate foreclosure wave among the lending community.
0: So we've gone over what happened in 2020. What happened as we went into 2021?
1: Uh, As we got into early 2021, the vaccine uh, was rolled out, and then we saw an ever-increasing recovery of the industry over the course of of 2021. Uh, So once we got to the end of the year, it certainly felt like we we were in a relatively good place for certain assets.
0: There were a couple of hotels that recovered faster starting in the summer of 2021. Hotels in leisure destinations, think coastal resort type properties, and what the industry calls drive to properties, hotels within a couple hours of major cities. Hotels in some markets have done particularly well.
1: I, I think Miami is a poster child uh, of a market that has performed exceptionally well, um, given the fact that it really epitomizes drive to. Leisure. Look, a lot of people have stopped uh, traveling abroad. And so people's uh, travel destinations are really focused domestically on the US. And so markets like Miami have benefited. Um, If you look at the top 25 markets across the US, and this is Q1 2022 statistics, there are really only five markets that are performing better uh, than they were in 2019. Uh, And those markets are Miami, Norfolk, which has um, strong defense spending, uh, Tampa, Phoenix, and Orlando.
0: But hotels in other major U.S. cities, including New York and San Francisco, have not seen major upticks in revenue or room occupancy. Kevin says this is mostly because business international and group travel isn't really happening yet.
1: In 2021, we did not see a lot of business transient travel, nor group travel, come back. Um, I, I think the recovery of those segments was delayed First with Delta, which upended um, the, the recovery in, in the summer of 2021, and then an Omicron in the winter. So you think about cities like the New York, the San Francisco, D.C., Seattle. A lot of those markets are struggling in large part because group travel has not returned fully, nor has business travel returned fully because people are not fully back into the office. And so I think that's really the big challenge that you have facing some of these larger markets, coupled with the fact that from an operations or an expense perspective, a lot of these markets are union, which uh, a lot of investors typically shy away from.
0: So, Kevin, how are lenders thinking about the hotel market right now? Are they willing to work with hotels that are still struggling?
1: So my answer today is going to be different than my answer would have been two or three months ago Um, in the sense of there are other issues that that lenders are thinking about now, um, particularly as it relates to the Fed increasing the Fed funds rate pretty aggressively with the intent to do uh, have a number of additional increases over the course of this year. Um, so that dynamic, the Fed tightening um, is really affecting how lenders think about the market, which is also tied to inflation. And so the speed at which the Fed is tightening has given rise to a question as to whether or not we're going to have a hard landing or a soft landing. So lenders are thinking about the possibility of a hard landing slash recession. Uh, so I think that's coming into their underwriting. And then the war in Ukraine has, has certainly created some, some market volatility. So the big picture answer is that I think lenders today are being a bit more selective as it relates to hospitality lending which is a little different than the answer would have been a couple of months ago before we had the high inflation readings and before the Fed had really telegraphed its intentions around rates and certainly before the war started. There there is still liquidity for hospitality. We are still getting deals done. We have a pipeline of about $6 billion of deals that we're executing, hotel deals that we're financing right now. And so we're getting those deals done, but liquidity is thinner. It takes a longer time to get in bids. And the pricing is probably, on the low end, 25 to 50 basis points wider on the credit spread uh, than it was, say, a month or two ago.
0: Deconstruct airs every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Or you can listen at therealdeal.com. For comments on this episode or on the series, feel free to reach me or Susanna at podcasts at therealdeal.com. Next week, we're looking. Next week, we're taking you to the Hamptons for Memorial Day. Tune in then.